So what do you think it sounded like when the Kohen Gadol was in the Kodesh Kodeshim, right? So in honor of the Kohen Gadol, I'm really inviting everyone to open your hearts. And everyone in this room, please forgive me for what I'm about to say. That's just a way of getting attention, you know that. <laughs> no, but if anyone that's here that's speaking, I'm begging you, in the name of Am Yisrael, it's okay, but not, not, not in here. Not, in, not tonight. Right now there are 18 or 19 year old soldiers that are protecting my family, and we have to, be, we have to up it a little bit more to protect each other's neshamas, because it could be that one person, including myself in this room, needs to hear something. But if someone's talking, it, it could, it could mamish take away his whole, everything that they're waiting for their whole life. I don't know. Could be. When I think of a Kohen Gado, I think right away of Rav Kook. Rav Kook, Rav Aramitzchag Kohen Kook, And you all know that one time one of his students came up to him. This is brought down by Rav Moshe Tzvignaria. They came to Rav Kook and they said, Rav, Rav Kook, why don't you quote Rabbi Nachman? Because every, everything you're saying sounds like it's Rabbi Nachman. Everything you're saying sounds like it's like, it's like from the Kutim Aram, Sichasaram. So the story is that Rav Kook went to the window, he took a deep breath, and he said, Ich bin Rabbi Nachman. I am Rabbi Nachman. So Rav Kook said. Rav Kook passed away in 1935 in Hebrew, that's the year Tafresh Tzadik Hay, that's why you have a lot of women that were born in the years after that, that like kind of like built up all the settlements and their names are Tirza, because it's Tafresh Tzadik Hay, that's the same, that's their name, right? Rav Kook is still a secret. He's still a secret, he's a complete sod. Rav Shlomo was once asked towards the end of his life, if you could go to anyone and ask them, what are we supposed to do today? How to be a yid today? Who would you go to? So he said, Sister, there's no one. 45 minutes later in the shear, he turned back to this woman. He said, Wait a second. Remember, in the beginning of the shear, I told you there's no one? It's not true. He said, There's one person, and that's Rav Kook. Rav Kook was the Kohen Gadol, HaKohen HaGadol Meichav. Last week in Shul, we were trying to understand how is it that someone that was ridiculed and, and mamished talked down to Rav Kook, had enemies from the second he stepped foot in Eretz Yisrael in 1904 till he died in 1935. Obviously, whenever, whenever anyone has something new to bring to the world, people can't take it. That's why in the morning we say, with the next two words, when you have something new to bring to the world, most people can't, they can't take it. So they start milchamas. So in the year 1931, a group of very wealthy philanthropists came to visit Rav Kook, spent time in Eretz Yisrael, they came from America, and they had a really beautiful time, and they came to bid farewell to then the chief rabbi. And Rav Kook said to them, no, how was your trip? How was it here? And he said, and they said, oh my God, this country is just so breathtaking and beautiful, it connects us to our heritage in such a profound way like nothing else. So Rav Kook says, no, so how about, how about joining us? How about 
You, you can be part of the future also, not just talk about it, you can be part of it. So they said, no, 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 listen, it wouldn't work for us. It's, why not? Listen, it, uh, and they started making all these chashmanas, all these calculations, how it wouldn't work for them, and it wouldn't be good for them. And in their situation, it wouldn't be good, maybe one day. And this is just a little bit of addressing so many people that I talked to over Shabbos that said, yeah, 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 we're, we're, Hashem, we're waiting for the invitation. That's what I heard a lot this Shabbos. So I want to I wanna just like, take this everyone, okay? Mamish, take this. If Cook looked at this group of people and he said to them, you know, it's incredible, because they were doing cheshbon, I said, How, if it works out for us, if it doesn't work out for us, would it, would it add up? Would it not add up? Rav Kook says, you know, it's Parshat Chukas, this Shabbos. came out Parshat Chukat. Parshat Chukat, out of the 40 years in the desert, 38 years take place in Parshat Chukas. Aaron dies, Miriam dies, wars going into Eretz Yisrael. Rav Kook said to them, you know, there was a cruel king, a cruel king. His name was Sichon. And we had to kill Sichon. He was the king of a, of a region called Cheshbon. Sichon Melech Cheshbon. The king of calculations. Chevron, my whole Kehillah, no one made Aliyah because it added up in their calculations. Whoever does that gets spit out of the land really fast. Because Eretz Yisrael is not about calculations. Nothing makes sense. There's zero logic. Nothing. I've shared this story many times, and the greatest, greatest nachas I've ever gotten from pictures of people that are packing up their lifts in Boston or in Chicago, they add on a sword emoji, and they said, Shechting Sichon. They write me on the picture of the lift, taking their possessions, going back home. Why am I sharing it with you now, not just as a cute part? I'll tell you why. About 10 years ago, my wife and I were in Sydney, Australia for Shabbos. A very, a very beautiful friend was hosting us, our shliach there. And he said to me, Shlema, I don't understand what you're doing. I said, why? I'll never forget this. He said, Shlema, Shraga betihara mai mahani. That's a phrase in Aramaic, which means a candle that's in light, what good is it doing in the world? You're in Eretz Yisrael, you're not really... What do you have to give? You have to go to the Choshech and give it. So, you know, I'm a Kohen. Sometimes people say things, I, I right away want to like pull a Pinchas, you know, pull out a Romach or something. <laughs> <laughs> My wife's always like, <laughs> I'm always like, no, no, the end is going to be, I'm going to get a brief shalom, it's okay, the end of Pinchas was that he gets a brief shalom, you know? I was like, no, no, So, Shraga Betihara Mai Mahani. I said it today in one of the places, I don't know where it was, and I heard this from, from my dear friend, our dear friend Yehuda Katz, he said to me, the land is perfect. We're not perfect. The people are not perfect in Eretz Yisrael. The land is perfect. Everything about Eretz HaKadosh is perfect. 
the world of cheshbonos is not the way you conquer Eretz Yisrael. Does it add up that there are currently millions of Yishmaelim that would love to shecht every year that lives in Eretz Yisrael, and yet we're there going stronger than ever, that every time a rocket gets launched, we get stronger and more unified? Does it make sense that my neighbor, Rabbi Leo D, whose wife and two daughters get shechted, it calls me Erev Shabbos, and leaves me a message about, we have to bring, he wants to do a huge Shabbos in Efrat, bringing in 5,000 non-religious people from Tel Aviv, and do a massive Shabbos, instead of this tradition, in memory of his wife and daughter. Just do these things, is this a cheshbon? If I'm chas v'shalom him, in this situation, my cheshbon is, I'm done with you, Hashem. That's what my cheshbon would lead me to. Well, I know that what I'm saying may sound insane or Chinese to many people here, but that's just the, re- the most basic reality of Mitzvahs, of living as a Yid in Eretz Yisrael. And we need each other. We need each other. So let's learn for a second. What is going on right now in Eretz Yisrael? What's going on in the world? What I'm saying is based on the Gra, it's based on the Kisve Arizal. It's not, this is not my, it's not my chidushim. I'm just stuff that I get to learn and teach with the Chavr in Eretz Yisrael. When we were thrown out of Eretz Yisrael after Chorban Abayis, after the destruction of the Temple, I went into Golas, the Ariza likens Golas to a graveyard. And what happens in Golas, what happens with a graveyard, what happens with a burial, is that someone's dead when the body and the neshama start to leave each other. Somehow, miraculously, again, not based on any logic, after 2,000 years, Hashem opened up the gates, and Am Yisrael started coming home. So we left the graveyard, and we started coming into what's called Eretz HaChaim, the land of being alive. And all this is based on, if you know, Ezekiel's prophecy of the dry bones, Chazon HaAtzamot HaYevishot, which describes the dry bones gathering up together to begin the process of Tchiyat HaMetim, of the resurrection of dead. Now there's one thing that we're still really missing on a national level because it needs to be the whole body intact together for it to happen. You see, for Tchiyat HaMetim to happen, you need to have all the bones together. And according to the Arizal, you and I are part of what's called Sold Guf Echad, the secret of one body. So Tchiyat HaMetim can't really happen the way that it's waiting to happen until the bones, the dry bones, are together, are back together. And once the dry bones get back together, there's a word 
that then is going to happen and that's going to be the greatest game changer in the world. And that world is called Ruach. There's going to be a wind, there's going to be a spirit that comes and shakes these bones together so much so until they'll be Tchiat Amitim. Until there'll be the resurrection of death. Can you imagine if just this room alone of people would choose to move to Eretz Yisrael with the Ruach that this minion has? Do you know what would happen? Do you know what kind of a role in Tchiat HaMetim you would play? We live in a different era, but my mother and my father tell me about what it was like being proud and Jewish in the 60s. Those that were involved in the Triple SJ movement of the student Soviet struggle. The, the light of Jewish pride of 1967, 1973. What's our 1967 moment of this door? What is it? What is it going to be? What's left? When I was a kid walking down the street, there were maybe three shuls and maybe four restaurants. Even BJ, you know, usually we have BCAC Lahavdil. BJ is before Jeff's. There was a time. It existed. People weren't fully themselves, but they managed to exist. I don't understand what's going on over here. There are more shuls and restaurants. And I'm sorry for saying this. Can you imagine if the pride that this Kehila has, you, what you have here, I don't see anywhere else in the world. The beauty of the people here is, you guys are, it's, I'm telling you, I've been so emotional this whole week. It's just here, there's something going on. There's a ruach. There's a ruach. Hashem gave you it, it's not stam. The ruach here is a key ingredient in the big picture of Tchiat Am Yisrael in Eretz Yisrael. That's where the future is. And what this Hebrew could do? I don't know. I feel like it would, I mean like, I feel like it would be game over, honestly. In a good way, in a, in a, in a good way. In the, best, in the best way in the world. So like I said last night in shul, you know, up until a few years ago, I'd never have the chutzpah to talk to anyone like this. But I'm not speaking in my name. I'm speaking in the name of my whole community. It's hundreds of people that would say whatever I'm saying right now with even much better, deeper, and definitely sweeter. And it's the name of that 18-year-old of that soldier that right now is protecting my kids while they go to school. Our enemies would never dare send any rocket on any Jew if they saw 
Bermachesh, Keshavu Banim Legvulam, in a massive, massive way. It's time for the next Aliyah. And this Aliyah is so much deeper than just physically moving to Israel. It's moving the Ruach to Eretz Yisrael. It's the greatest armor in the world. No one can touch us like that. No one. No one. I'll share with you. A few weeks ago, I had the privilege of driving out to the bris of Hillel Aryeh Labrohamner, Jeff and Linda's grandson. And I'm still in the process of getting my gun. I'm one of the last people in my area. I'm in the process because when your seven-year-old daughter says to you, Abba, did you get your neshek yet? And I, I said, I'm getting. And she says, oh, good. That's insane. But it's actually the reality. I was driving out. I, didn't, I don't know if you probably saw it on my face when I was at the wrist. That, that drive is interesting to get there. It's a place, I, I, area I haven't spent so much time yet. And I said, the gorgeous lands that we passed driving in the Binyamin area. And I saw all of you settling huge areas in the land that aren't settled yet. They're not. That's the invitation, friends. The Meradlim waited for an invitation that made sense to them, and they brought Tishabov to the world. We have the schut. We have the schut today to do something that Maishu Rabbeinu wasn't given. We have the privilege today to do something that I know defies all logic. It's the way we're programmed. But we have the schut today to be a part of the future of, a, of the whole world's health. It's not just for us. In the Beis HaMikdash, the Kohen Godel would say God's name, Shem Hashem Mepharash. You know what happened to us? To go back to the beginning of what we said? On the one hand, I realized I'm killing Sichel Melech Eshbon. I'm done with him. King of calculations. I'm done with him. I'm done with him. On the other hand, Rabbi Nachman Tzchus says that what took place in the Beis HaMikdash was when you walk inside, you would experience what's called He'ara Saratzon. He'ara Taratzon. A lot of different explanations. I'm giving it to you the way Rabbi Shlomo explained it. He'arat aratzon, the illumination of will. You know what happened to you when you went into Beis Hamikdash and you hear the Levi singing a nigan, and you see the Kohen waiting for you with a knife. Not he's not waiting for you with a knife, but you know what I mean. He's waiting with this knife for the korban. You know what happened to you? You would have a shining, bright sense of what you wanted from life. You actually knew what you wanted. You knew what God wanted of you, and you knew what you wanted of you. There were no questions. There were no questions. The bright light that's shining from Beis Hamikdash is already radiating, radiating all over the country all over the country. I was talking about this with Yehuda earlier today. Isn't it insane that you know that the most famous songs in Israel, Rav Kook said this would happen. Rav Kook said this would happen. 
He said, Tshuva is going to infiltrate the whole world of tarbut, of culture. Do you know that no one sells love songs anymore in Eretz Yisrael? That's not working. You have the most famous songs is, is, is people like Yishai Ribo and Hanan Ben-Ari are singing about Hashem, and anyone that wants to get a hit on the radio has to talk about Hashem or Tshuva. There's no, there's no love. It doesn't exist anymore. The whole world is waiting for Am Yisrael to be Am Yisrael in Eretz Yisrael. So I just want to extend that invitation again on behalf of everyone that I know and to, and to let you guys know that not any of us in the country are any better than anyone here but the land is but the land is Eretz Asher Eine Hashem the land is the land itself only because of one reason because Hashem said so there's no other reason just because Hashem said so and please God praise Hashem there'll be enough chavra here right now that Start the torch. You know, it used to be, well, if we had, you know, if there was something like a, and they're basically describing nefesh by nefesh, that existed, that could help us with the process, it'd be so much easier. There are no excuses besides one thing. Ratzon. Ratzon to the five logic. Ein davar ha'omed bifnei ratzon. Batel ratzon cham ipnei ratzonu. This is the bright light that I see here whenever I've come here. And I just want to say for the Chaba that I've been holding on to the torch that's really come from Yushalayim and that's made so many people feel so special. Ashreichem. Ashreichem. Blessed is this place that has been such a, that has played such a role of making sure that Yidin don't forget about Yerushalayim. That's what this place is. When you tell someone, you instill within them that they're special, what you're really doing is, you brought Yerushalayim to so many people. You've made them not forget. You've made them keep the Shvua, to keep the oath. I swear. If I forget Yerushalayim, then I forget my whole existence. This has been happening here for years, and also many other places, just that I spent most of my time, it's already a long time ago, I moved already 21 years ago, but it's still here, you know? It's mamish here. And I'll show one last thing. The Gemara says about certain tzaddikim that when they were told about the Geula, it says, Yesi That means, they said, let it come, but I don't want to be around for it. It's a famous Gemara. Let it happen, I don't want to stick around for it. Why? Because we know that some crazy stuff is going to have to happen before the Geula happens. So I've been thinking about this a lot. Up until 1945, the world said this is what they were talking about. 
נכון? They said, this is what they meant. The tzaddikim said, Yaisi v'lo achmine. Let him come, I don't want to be around for this. And you have some tzaddikim, like the Belusha Verov, uh, who else was it? I forget, it was two or three others that I remember hearing that they were speaking about this in 1933, 1934. I don't think that's the period they were talking about. I think the period that the tzaddikim were talking about where they said, let Mashiach come, but I, I can't be around it because it's going to be too, too confusing, is actually the period that we're in right now. Because mitzad echad, we're back. But mitzad sheni, and I'm the first to say this, the leadership of the current state of Israel is not exactly as shivas This is not really what we've been dreaming about, the way that it's being handled for a long time already. Even the spiritual leadership, dare I say so? So it's such a confusing thing of like, wow, our grandparents went through gas chambers. My, as I've shared with you so many times, my grandmother, my father's mother, Yudzit, was just last week. She jumps off the train on the way to Auschwitz. Her great-grandchildren are being born in Yerushalayim. So it's kind of like Mashiach's here, but Yidin are still getting killed in the streets of everywhere. And there's still a massive growth of diaspora Jewry. So what, how could it be that Mashiach didn't come in 1945, or 1948, or 1967, or 1973, or every single day since then? It's the most confusing thing in the world. I don't want to be around this, this balagan. It's too much of a balagan. And Rav Kook planted the seeds for the youth of today to answer back the tzaddikim from the Gemara and saying, I know that on the surface it looks like this. It looks like it doesn't add up at all. But that's the whole thing, is that if you're waiting for things to add up, you'll go back into Gullus for 2,000 years. We're not waiting for things to add up. We're just waiting to listen to our own neshama. Like a very holy poet sings, I could hear my mother calling me. I could hear my mother calling me. Come back. Come back to me now. I can hear my mother calling me. I can hear my mother calling me. Come back to me now. <laughs> I think uh, we all need to have a really strong L'chaim right now. L'chaim to Bum 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 b